0: places call you are listening to theatrical thoughts i'm emily wyra and i'm jessica fight and today we are joined by broadway's charity dawson charity is best known for her performance as becky um and originating in waitress and originating the role of Nor- nurse norma in that show um and charity is now originating the role of wanda sellner in mrs doubtfire charity thank you so much for joining us today how are you
1: I'm wonderful it's so great to be here with you guys.
0: (laughs) We are so excited we were just talking a little bit before we started to record but Jesse and I both saw you in Waitress a couple years back and like like I said my parents and I still talk about it like you're seriously incredible.
1: (laughs) Oh thank you so much I'm really glad you enjoyed it that was a fun a really great experience to do that show.
0: And we will definitely be talking a
2: little bit more about that but first off Jesse, you want to Yeah, so if you've listened to our show before, you know we start each episode with 60-second life stories. So Emily will hold up a timer and just tell us your life in 60 seconds.
1: There's a timer.
2: There's a timer. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay, all right. My good old iPhone stopwatch. Are you ready for this?
1: I'm ready, I'm ready. All right. I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, moved to Detroit, Michigan when I was one. When I was nine, I moved back to Tulsa, Oklahoma when I was... 16, I moved back to Detroit and I went to Performing Arts High School. That's where I fell in love with acting, with storytelling, but I was only there for a year. Moved to Phoenix my senior year of high school, and that's when I did my first musical, which was The Wiz, and I played Eveline, and I fell in love. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I went to community college to figure out what I wanted to do. Um then I, I came to New York on a spring break trip with a musical theater troupe, saw Thoroughly Modern Millie, my first Broadway show, and then I realized Broadway was it. Went back home, auditioned for Amda, got in, moved to New York, grinded it out, still grinding it out, and here we are today. That
0: amazing. amazing. Seconds. I'm impressed
2: i am too (laughs) clearly clearly (laughs) i love
1: games
2: (laughs) by the way so
0: performing arts high school before having done a musical how did that happen
1: well uh, we moved to detroit and um we moved we moved back to detroit and um my cousin went to the Detroit High School for the Fine and Performing Arts. And so we were like, you know, I always sang, my whole family sings then, we were in dance troupes and stuff in church. And um, so we were like, yeah, sure. Let's go to this audition for that school, me and my sister, and we got in. And um, I was in the forensics team, which, um, which is like college level speech and debate. And there's a category called the multiple where you take a musical or a play, break it, cut it down to I think about 15 minutes. I could be getting the rules wrong. Don't quote me about 15 minutes. You have to have a certain, you can have a certain number of bodies playing a certain number of characters but you can't look at each other or touch each other. You can't have sets, props, costumes, but you have to create these wor- this this world. I saw Ragtime done that way, A Clockwork Orange, um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I did the Song of Jacob Zulu, and we won everything, okay, in the competitions, but it made me fall in love with, te- with storytelling and crafting a story and a character without relying on and depending on any other external things, so yeah
0: that is the coolest thing and yeah, <laughs> coming back to the storytelling aspect and stripping theater that way I think is I've seen a couple productions that are kind of like that and it's the coolest thing ever yeah so your first show ever then your first musical was The Wiz mm-hmm. so talk about I mean what an iconic first show <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it was with um, Valley Youth Theater in Phoenix, Arizona. And a lot of people that you know have gone through that, that theater and um, we actually did shows together. In that production of The Wiz, um, Britta Filter, who was a contestant on Drag Race, Emma Stone, who everybody knows was in that show, Max Crum, like so many, so many people. Jordan Sparks was one of the um, like little munchkins, you know, um, and so yeah, so many people were in that show, but um, it was great, it was a really good time.
0: That's beyond cool. <laughs> so then we're fast forwarding. We're, we're just going to go through the whole timeline now, I guess. <laughs> yes. So we're fast forwarding. We're going, you go to college and Millie, you said, was your first Broadway show. Mm-hmm. How did you end up in the city for that? And I guess yes. you say that's kind of what sparked it. You were like, that's Broadway now.
1: Yeah, We well, I, when I was, I was in community college, I graduated and I was like, okay, I was, studying sign language because i thought okay maybe i want to be an interpreter in the theater you know because i love sign language i picked it up so easily and i wonder why it's that's, what that's
2: what i'm going to be pursuing which is so it's, funny
1: it's but it's it's storytelling you have to in order to communicate you have to you're really being descriptive and and i really picked, up, picked it up very easily and that and because of that i believe um, so I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, but for an elective, I was in this musical theater troupe I had auditioned for, um, at the community college, um, at Mesa community college. And, um, they brought us to New York, um, on a spring break and we could do, we did audition workshops. We saw two Broadway shows and an off Broadway show and, um, you know, different workshops and things around the city. and. Uh, I got to the city and I told my mom when I got home, it was like, I felt my heartbeat sink up. You know, I said, well, wait a minute. There's something about this energy here that feels, feels right. I was a very shy, quiet girl. And, um, everyone, they used to call me charity, the church mouse. So everybody's like, how does New York feel right for you like I'm confused but um but I got here and it was like whoa okay and I'm doing audition workshops and it was going very well got some good feedback good responses and went and sat down in that theater and saw Thoroughly Modern Millie and said well hold on a minute this is a real thing this isn't, this, this doesn't just have to be a hobby or something I love. This can be a life and a career. When they told me how much the person doing step touching in the back, like was was making, I said, Oh, well, hold on. I I gotta, I gotta try and do that. You know, I had never heard of, you know, that amount of money in my life, you know, (laughs) at that point I was like, sign me up. But, um, um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I saw that show and and then I found out AMDA was auditioning and I went back to Phoenix and I auditioned and I got in. So I said, it was New Yorker bust.
2: <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So can you tell <laughs> us a little bit about that experience there? At AMDA? Yeah. Oh, goodness, yeah. Um, I, I feel like
1: any anything that you go into you are going to get out of it what you put into it. You know what I mean? And that's with anything across the board. I started a business during this time and I have to put into it in order to, you know, for it to bear fruit. And so I, I, I put a lot, you know, I, I really, you know, was serious about this, you know? Um, and I had great teachers and, um, and I, I had a really wonderful time there. I met friends that are still in my life. We're we still on a group text, you know what I mean? Um, and uh, and I had a blast. And I was just dropped into New York, just like boop, <laughs> this little, this little just dropped in, you know. And it was a, a really nice space for me to be, and I felt safe and and secure, um, and so uh, to, and and free to explore and to to learn, you know what I mean.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. And I
1: felt supported by the by my teachers and and, and the staff and, and everything, everyone at the school. I felt very supported by them.
2: That's great. So now fast forward, you ended up making your Broadway debut in Sideshow. So like, what was that audition process like and how'd you find out that you booked the role?
1: Oh my goodness. So I had met Henry Krieger when I was doing Dreamgirls, um, a, a non-union tour of Dreamgirls and we had met. And so I had gotten a call about, Um, or a Facebook message about um, singing with him and Lilius White singing, and I'm telling you, the three of us (laughs) at at, um, the American Songbook series at Lincoln Center. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) what am I gonna say no? Like, what are you, who are you, are you kidding me? so I say yes, I'm, I'll do this, and he's gonna be playing the piano. The man who wrote Dreamgirls is gonna be playing the piano and singing And I'm telling you, and then I'm gonna come in sometime in the mix, and then Lilias White gonna take it home. Like yeah, so um, I, I go and do this, you know, event, and Keala Settle was in was in this concert as well. And that was my first time meeting her. And, uh, she was just like, you, my sister, come on, let's go. And so I was just like, oh, she's cool. Okay. You know, Rebecca Luker was there. It was like such a, I felt like, what am I doing in this room? So the director of Sideshow was, came to see the concert. And after the concert, um, you know, um, they're talking, he's talking with Kayala and talking with Henry because they've been doing sideshow at La Jolla. And, um, and they were saying she was, she had booked Les Mis. So she wasn't going to be able to do it on Broadway or at the Kennedy Center or on Broadway because she was going to go do Les Mis. And they're like, so what, what are we going to do? Who are we going to get to play this role? Like, what are we going to do without you? And she said, right there, that one right there, that's your, that's your fortune teller. And they were like, you know what? Yeah, and a week later, I had an a, an appointment for an audition for for sideshow. So I auditioned, and then I had I think one more. I think I auditioned twice, and and I um and I got the got the gig. <laughs> but you know, I had had related known Henry a bit, and then you know, Kayala, I I got a she that's my sister she was like "Uh uh-uh yeah over there (laughs) look no further so you know
0: two auditions and bam that's wild (laughs) I mean I guess connections are everything that's such a wild kind of origin story so that was your Broadway debut so I guess what was that experience like was that like beyond overwhelming were you like I got this (laughs)
1: It was beyond overwhelming. I I suffered. um, I'm, and I say suffered because I'm crawling my way out of this pit from like imposter syndrome, where you feel like, oh, I don't, I'm, oh, not me. I don't belong. I'm not that good, and and all of that. And so, you know, having to be like, well, hey, wait a minute, I'm here. I'm here. I should be here too. You know, I'm here because you asked me to be, and you know, to stand in, in that confidence, but. It was such an amazing team, an amazing group of people to work with, work for. It was just, it was so wonderful. We lasted two seconds on Broadway, (laughs) two and a half, but like, (laughs) but you know, and then that was it. And so that was a little heartbreaking, you know, to, you know, have that high, high, and then that drop, but that's what can happen in, you know, in this business. You know what I mean? but we get to do it (laughs) so
0: yeah absolutely so I guess what was your favorite part about that whole experience like what sticks out to you is I guess a favorite memory or something of that sort
1: I would say the female ensemble dressing room (laughs) we had fun down there oh my goodness and and just the entire cast and company the community of that show was so special it was just it was really it was really something special um but uh, us late, we had a, we had a good old time you know in that dressing room we played oh we played so much and had a good time together and 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 those people are still really good
2: friends of mine <laughs>
0: I think it's safe to say that what happens in female
2: ensemble dressing rooms is such kind of magic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 1000%. So now shifting gears into Waitress, let's talk about being part of an original Broadway company. Um, What was that process like? Oh, wow.
1: It was, oh goodness. This is like, this is blowing my mind. I'm sitting here like as we go through this, I'm like, oh, this has been a cool experience. it really has though. I wanted to be when I was, we were, I was inside show and Kayala came to the show and she was she was doing the workshop of waitress. Kayala <laughs> just keeps coming through. <laughs> and let me tell you, we were she was doing the workshop of waitress, and she came in, and she was like, Yeah, you know, I'm doing this um this r- workshop for this Sarah Bareilles musical. And I said, Pardon me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, Sarah Bareilles is doing a what? Because I adore her okay. and all, and have for, oh my gosh, so long. She's my favorite. Are we, I made the sideshow dressing room listen to Sarah Bareilles every day <laughs> because of me and Hannah Schenkman. Um, but um, and so I was like, what is that? Can I come see the the the? a little like show y'all are doing, or can I, you know, I just, I just want to be in the same room as this woman. And I was like, can I, if they're having auditions, I will step touch in the back. I don't care. Like what's up. And then um, I think about a couple weeks later, I had an email for an appointment. So I go in and I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And, but I first got uh, the Dawn packet. I got the ensemble, the nurse Norma stuff and then understudy Dawn, (laughs) So I was like, okay. <laughs> so I went up in there. I did. I had my little glasses on. I was biting my nail. Like I did my best quirky little dawn that and when he sees me that I could muster. Okay. Um, but Pat Goodwin, the casting associate, was like, wonderful job. You're going to, I'm calling you back. You got the wrong packet. And <laughs> I said, so then my callback, I did the Becky stuff and Sarah was in there. And then I think I had one more audition with the director and the producers. And so I think I auditioned three times for that. And then we were at ART, you know, and it was really special building mm-hmm. Nurse Norma. Like that was something that I had never done before, you know, it, you know, playing around, making up little characters and stuff, but on that level and to the point where now you know, other people are playing it and, you know, and a lot of her little things were things that I was just coming up with, you know what I mean? And so that felt really, really cool to be a part of like crafting that, you know, that was, that's a, that was a really special, special thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So in crafting her, like what was your creative process? What was going through your mind? Kind of how did you, how did you go about crafting this now iconic role?
1: you know it's funny because a lot of her a lot of her it's just it's not on the, the paper you know what i mean and and that and it's our job as actors to fill up the the person you know what i mean and really fill out their you know their skin you know what i mean? you know what i'm saying and um and so we had a a character um exercise that we had to do we were assigned um i think it was the after the first few days diane Paulus was like okay so character presentations are coming up these are the rules these are the stipulations these are things you need to include in it pardon me you can take us anywhere on on site you can take us outside you can take us to the bathroom anywhere but you just have to and so i was like i went back to my apartment and i said okay who is she you know (laughs) who is she based on what i know here um, who who is she? Who, who do I know that feels right? You know what I mean? What have I experienced or lived or experienced in a nurse or somebody that's a little crunchy, but they they mean well, you know what I mean? Like, like who have I, you know, where can I find that? And it wasn't too much of a stretch, <laughs> but I was like, oh, her. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. To that. You know, and I basically just took a little bit of this and that and a, and a nice heaping of Jennifer Lewis and um, put it all in a pot and and, and tossed it out there, you know?
0: I, that's incredible.
1: <laughs> and then you keep playing though too. You keep playing and as you're rehearsing and, and previews and, and you keep playing some of the lines that are now like written in the script were, you know, me mumbling under my breath. And the microphone, my mic was up and it caught it, you know, (laughs) and it's like, oh, write that down. (laughs) But that's the magic of what we do, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, for sure. So out of town, what was that whole experience like bringing the show out of town with everything changing so quickly as one does out of town? And I guess how did Nurse Norma sort of shift through that process?
1: Um, out of, doing it out of town was interesting because I, I knew, um, I, I was, rehears- I was like learning Becky, like from the very beginning as well, because there what they told me from the beginning, there was a chance I would go on at ART and I did for five shows, um, for one weekend. And, uh, you know, so it was interesting I, trying to really like you know, I wanted to be, I was like, you're going to have to deliver that, you know, but you have to give your complete self to your role as well and to crafting this, this person. Nurse Norma grew and grew and grew and grew and grew and grew and grew, and grew you know, from, from ART to, to Broadway and through Broadway. And, and, and as long as I played her, you know, because there was so much freedom in the, in the role, I just, I always loved playing with her. Um, sh- the show changing a lot was inter- was very interesting to experience that. Um, I had experienced it a bit with sideshow, but the technical and the things it was pretty much and it was a revival. So that thing was written. It was like you know they were like we're cutting this here or there if here and there, but for the most part it, it remained the same they flipped songs around, they said, okay, this scene is going to go here now, you know, and, and that's what you get to do when you're building a show from the ground up, you know, they get to play with the puzzle pieces and say, because you're still deciding what the picture looks like, you know, what, what it's going to be. So, um, you know, it did change quite a bit in like some songs, you know, um, door number three was there before. And now it's, you know, what they can can do, which are both magnificent songs, you know, like in their own right, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, it was very interesting, um, you know, making those shifts in cast, in a little bit of tone and with the choreography changing and, you know, yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. So after Out of Town Tryout, previews, what, what, what were your emotions like on opening night when you finally opened and you're like, all our hard work, like it paid off. But what was that like?
1: It's spectacular. There's nothing like an opening night. You all know there's nothing like an opening night. And let me tell you something. It's never different. The, that same magic and that same you it still feels the same as an opening an opening night of, of the Wiz. or you know, like when I did once upon a mattress playing the minstrel. Why? I don't know, but I did, you know. Um, in high school, but like you know, and so it's it's the same. Everybody's giving out their little cards. Oh, yeah, yeah. The excitement circling up on stage, and you know, and sharing that energy. It's the same. It's the same magic, and and the audience is there to give you that all that love, and it was really really special.
2: I can't wait for that feeling. <laughs> I miss it. We need Broadway to come back.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, absolutely. So then. Fast forward and you eventually do take
2: over the role of Becky, which I can never stop gushing about. And Emily and I can say that we both saw her as Becky and are obsessed with that so performance. <laughs> so what
0: was the experience like of taking over that role and what, how did you get into the right mental space to sing that beast of a role every night?
1: Whoa, it was like, wow. You know, I, um, but I actually think, did I have more downtime as Becky than as, because I was in the ensemble. You know what I mean? And the ensemble is moving that show around. You know what I mean? And so the ensemble is like a huge part of, you know, of, of everything. And I was going back and forth from Nurse Norma to ensemble, Nurse Norma into the ensemble. So, I had a lot of running and come, some quick changes and and things like that. But um, switching over to Becky was very interesting because every time I, I went on for Kayala, I say it was on a two show day and I went on in a matinee, I would be like, oh, is she coming back tonight? <laughs> I was like, this thing is hard. This is tiring. You know what I mean? Because she's such a a fire like energy you know what I mean nurse normal sits back like this and Becky sits back like this but she's leaning into you as well you know um and so it was it was definitely you know a uh, a test in that stamina and 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 get and building that up but you have to build that up and you know in any role that you're doing you have to build up the stamina for what you're you're doing so I had to you know, I had to keep, you know, reaching for that. But um, but I, I, I feel like I got there, you know, <laughs> kind of comfortably. And Becky, like I said, had been in, you know, I had been working on it from the first day of rehearsal. The first day of rehearsal at ART, Kayala couldn't be there. And Diane likes to do a read-through um, of the script, a read and sing, you know, sing through. And they were like, so she's not going to be there. So we'd like for you to do your Nurse Norma stuff as well as all the Becky stuff as well. And I was like... <laughs> so in the first day of rehearsal, I of waitress period, I sang I didn't plan it. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it was always like in there, you know what I mean? And, and a big um a big part of my experience was waitress, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, day one of rehearsal, that's not intimidating.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm
0: saying? <laughs> so I guess, what was your favorite part about taking on the role of Becky? Like, what made her stand out for you?
1: Oh, I loved to play with my ladies, you know what I mean? With with Jenna and Dawn, I loved that, with those relationships and getting to play. Because as Nurse Norma, I, you know, I, I had a couple, I had moments with Jenna and Dr. Palmieri. You know what I mean? But with Becky, I had my customers. I had Jenna, Dawn, Cal, uh, old Joe. Like, you know what I mean? I had, I, had I, I was able to play, you know, in a different way. You know what I mean? Um, and getting to know, you know, the um, everyone who played those roles and, you know and, and, and being able to, you know, you know, get close and, and you know, draw into those relationships was really, really special.
0: Pure magic, like absolute pure magic in those kinds of relationships, (laughs) for sure. So I think that such a huge part of Waitress, I mean, the show itself is kind of talking about these relationships and the impacts of them. So I guess this show has had such an impact on so many people. Why do you think that is? And why do you think that the show has had such a massive impact on so many people in the way that it has?
1: Well, I think that Adrienne Shelley did a beautiful job with that movie i mean it's small and funny and smart and quirky and charming and sweet and heartbreaking and 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 you know and all things that are are just you don't have to be a certain to understand those things you know what i mean we i feel like it's we all can see a bit of ourselves and, and our loved ones and our friends or a frenemies, enemy, whatever in, in it. I feel like it's just one of those stories that it's just a, a snapshot of, of life. You know what I mean? Of the human experience, you know, um, one, one side of it or a few, you know, different sides of it. And, and I think it tells it in a, in a beautiful, um, approachable, um, way. I feel like it, it really reaches out to the audience in a way that is
2: accessible.
1: You know what I mean?
2: Absolutely. So it's such a powerful show and obviously you want to convey these same emotions every night for every audience. So how do you keep it like fresh every night to make sure you give your best performance for everyone?
1: I mean, it's hard, but it's the gig. That's, that's how, okay. It really is the gig. And, and honestly, um, you know when you can't do that anymore then it may be time to you know (laughs) you know what i'm saying to kind of you know back you know back on out and and, and make room for someone you know for for someone else you know i have i've you know i was in waitress for a long time and i've had the challenge of you know Dust this girl off again. Who is she today? You know, but I really like, there will be some days where I was like, yo, I know I've been feeling so robotic. I know. I'm so sorry for the last four audiences. My bad. Oh, so I would like, just sit down and just write. You know what I mean? Like, Becky, like what she did that morning, you know, and make it different. You know what I mean? What, what happened right before she came in, how many cigarettes she smoked today and why she smoked them. And, you know, she's chewing nicotine gum when she comes in and that one scene where I'm smacking gum it's nicotine gum. And she, you know, she's trying to quit, but just trying to be specific, you know, trying to be as specific in this moment as I possibly could, you know, to try to spur myself back to, uh, you know, reignite that, like, You know, you kind of get it. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta rev that engine and you gotta go back to, to the basics, go back to what you did to create it. And you know, that thing that you got excited about, well, add something new to the mix, sprinkle something new in there. And, um and not changing it all up. You know, sometimes you go and it's like, what performance is this, you know, but not doing that, keeping true and staying true to the timing, the beats, the moments, the, the um, you know, the, the, the story, you know, the emotions you're supposed to be giving, giving your, your fellow actors a, the same thing, but really keeping it fresh. Um, that's, that's the gig, you know, <laughs> it's work, it's work, but, it, that's why I went on tour as well <laughs> because it's different. You know, you get you're going into a different city, you're getting different audiences, you're gonna get different responses. And so it automatically wakens everyone up in the new city. You, you're automatically getting, you know, you, again, because you're in a new environment, you're in a new space, you're in a new, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. So what would you say was your favorite part about your tour experience and how that was different from Broadway for you?
1: Um, I like touring. I do. I do. <laughs> I do like touring. But I love being home. You know, I love being home. And, and so but I do enjoy touring. I enjoy you, you're you kind of just in a bubble. You know what I mean? The, the, the gift of touring can also be the curse of touring. Let me say that because you're in a bubble and you're just kind of traveling around together. Like <laughs> you are just in this whole like different world and it's fun. And you're just like, we're going to Disney. Let's go to a winery. Like, you know, and just doing whatever, exploring, seeing different cities, you know, trying out different foods and and I love traveling and seeing different places and, and, and meeting new people, meeting the locals and going to the local spots and meeting locals at the stage door there in their various cities. And, you know, it, it really does, it really is like quite an adventure, you know? But you're also in a bubble and your life is still here and it's going on and life's still happening, but you're kind of in this bubble, like what's happening over there? I know that was for me that that that's a challenge that I kind of had like with those things and so the gift of it could, for me was also kind of the curse of it sometimes you know
0: Yeah for sure so I think it's safe to say that your experiences with waitress were robust <laughs> and lengthy <laughs> and I mean the amount that you got to do with that show is just absolutely incredible you were there for so many years but you know things changed you ended up leaving the show and now you're working on Mrs. Doubtfire. So what was that audition process like and kind of making that shift from Waitress to Mrs. Doubtfire and all that jazz? No, <laughs> um, I did not audition for Mrs.
1: Doubtfire. <laughs> and that's crazy. It's crazy for me to fix these lips and say that. But yeah, I... um. I just got an, an an offer to do it. And then it was like, I was like, but that was also a gift and a curse because I then was like, okay, now why am I in here? They're gonna discover it. Like I didn't prove myself. Now nah, I'm gonna get in here and they're gonna be like, what did we do? <laughs> and so I had to kind of get through that, you know, that moment of like, hey, they just, you, whatever you've done up to this point or somebody recommended me, I think someone was like, have you considered charity and showed a video of me singing or something is what I believe happened, the story that I heard. Um, But when I asked, I asked someone and they they were like, huh, I I don't know. I guess maybe we saw a tape of you singing or something like that. You didn't send in the tape. I said, no. And they were like, well, we saw something of you singing and we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, okay, great. (laughs) sweet. Um, but, uh, it was really, it was a really fun experience. You know, it has been great doing Mrs. fire
0: <laughs> That's insane. So they just like see a tape and they're like, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> like, that's so cool. I was like, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's so,
0: amazing. <laughs> so what about your role in that show? Would you say most stands out to you and kind of the process of originating a second role now.
1: Oh my goodness, I, it's funny because I was still, you know, we were still in the beginning of, of it, you know, when everything shut down. And I feel like I still have, I, I have learned more about her during this past year and I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 Wanda, Wanda. You know, I'm like, putting a little, making little notes. Um, but um, I am excited to go back to it and really dive into her more, you know, and really put that, you know, all of that in the, in her mix a little bit more as well, you know, because if I'm, if I'm being honest, I was wasting time feeling like I didn't belong there and, and not putting my energy into fully, you know, having that space of play. So word of advice, don't do that. (laughs) you know? And so, um, I love, she comes, she's a quiet storm and then she comes out the gate. Just, there is a surprise that just comes out of nowhere. Just like, pow, just kicks in like, I'm here. (laughs) Like, and it's great. (laughs) So I'm so excited to continue to craft and and really, you know, draw that thing, you know?
2: Absolutely. So since you, you said that you've been making notes throughout the year. So like, what about the pandemic has taught you, made you realize things that you want to bring to Mrs. Doubtfire when Broadway returns? Um, I feel
1: like uh, I had straight, I like tried to keep myself from like um, a, playing a certain way because I didn't want to be perceived a certain way, you know, and in life in general, as charity, I am learning to let put that down you know what I mean? And put that, those weights down. I'm honest, huh? I'm giving y'all all all my business, (laughs) but, um, I'm learning to like put those weights down and I feel like it's what you have to do, you know, um, in order to really be able to like do and create without judgment of what you're doing, you know, um, with, of without judging the person, you know, um, that you are, you know, Playing, you know what I mean? Um, and to really give yourself the freedom to discover the fullness of them, you know of of who they are, you know. Um, and so that having the time to really process those things has helped that, if that answers that question.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So besides kind of putting in the time to reflect on doubt fire. How, what else have you kind of been up to during the pandemic? I mean, you mentioned you started a business. So I'm curious, what has kind of kept you busy?
1: <laughs> I started a business.
0: Just casual. Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> Casual indeed. Oh, and this is a result of it. I, I've been trying to hide my arm, but I burned myself cooking. Um, this was from oh, no. steam. This is a steam burn, like coming from a pot. Um, it's an occupational hazard. Um, but I, um, I, a few years ago changed the way I ate and I'm pescatarian, but I eat mainly vegan. Um, it's cause I don't eat any land animals or dairy. But I've been, during when everything shut down, I was just trying to like, it was just therapy, just cooking and trying out vegan recipes and "Mm, let me see what I can make, you know, just recreating stuff, just like crying into a pot. Like, (laughs) when are we coming back? Like And so my friends and my neighbors, like I have a friend who lives downstairs and friends who live around the corner and uh, upstairs and, pardon me, they were like, um, they would come try the food. I'm like, hey, I cooked. Like, hey, yeah, okay, I'll come try it. You know, they're coming over eating, and then they're like, What? Okay, what is this? (laughs) This is this is not vegan. And I was like, Yeah, it's vegan. And um a friend said, You you have to sell this. You have to sell this. Like, this is people would buy this. People would I would go to a restaurant and get this. And I was like, Really? You know, no imposter syndrome again, you know, no, I can't cook. And I'm like, you just ate that and liked the taste and you were, your hands made it so you can cook. Um, and so I was like, okay, so I was like, I'll do a dinner party. So I did a dinner party. Um, and it was a brunch and out the gate, I'd never done anything like this before. I did a six course vegan brunch with cocktails (laughs) for 12 people. Um, and so I was like, I was, I had a panic attack in the kitchen. I was just like, what did I do? I'm never doing this again. I was like, oh, I'm not capable of doing this. It's just too much pressure. Um, but I, I got, I was like, put your head down, focus and just do it. I got through it. And then I said, okay, I'm gonna plan another one. And I did another one. And then um, I, I felt like it was a lot of time in between the dinner parties and people were wanting the food. So I took on the challenge in December of doing weekly meals. And so I put up a menu every week and then people get their orders in um, by by Thursday. And then um, they'll pick up their food on Friday. Um, I go into Times Square to meet them. Um, I package it up in like to go bags and I, I sell drinks and, and meals and, and it's all vegan, um, soul food and comfort food. It's called who trying to get a plate, uh, <laughs> because I thought that was catchy. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's been going well. Um, it's been keeping me busy. It keeps me keeps me creative. Um, it keeps me, you know, active and, in, in, in and, you know, different ways. Um, I'm doing another dinner party actually on Saturday. I have my next one. It's a five course this time. Um, <laughs> and I'm really excited about it. You know, it's been, it's been going well. I just did an interview, um, had some great footage with that. So, you know, pivoting, you know, in a different way. And, um, I'm excited to have, you know, being, being able to like diversify, you know, myself a bit more, you know?
2: Well, I think it's safe to say that Emily and I will be coming into the city to get that. So I was just going to say,
0: I need to try this. That's amazing. I'm trying to (laughs) go more vegetarian. So I'm, this is, this is exciting to know about. (laughs) Well, that's, I love that you're finding like ways to express yourself also outside of the arts. I mean, culinary arts, but that's really, really cool to find this kind of new way of expression, I'm sure.
1: Yeah.
0: So kind of closing out, we like to close the show out on this kind of note, but what would you say is a piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? And why would that be something important for younger charity to know?
1: Mm. Oh, y'all want all my business. I'm joking. <laughs> well, okay, I'm not, I'm not stripping for you, but I'm gonna just show you this. I have right here tattooed enough. Um, and I, I like this font because it's like blank enough, like fill in the blank. You are good enough. You are beautiful enough. You are smart enough. You are talented enough. You are, you know, whatever enough. You know what I mean? You're funny enough. You, you're enough. You can be in this room. You can hold space not hold it. I was such a shy, like, you know, just like used to, I told you they call me Charity the Church Mouse. I had a back brace and glasses and like, you know what I mean? It was just, and I was um scared of everything, practically my own shadow. Um and I always felt so small, you know, and I put this on myself as a reminder to tell myself, you're enough. My screen on my phone is actually um me as a kid (laughs) it's me as a little girl because i needed to keep reminding her like i need to look at her and say my my sweet (laughs) you're doing good you know you're doing good beloved (laughs) you know what i'm saying you're enough (laughs) you're good you're safe you're whole you're fun you're 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 wonderful you know and um because I, i just spent too much time in life and in my career allowing those those negative things those those things to kind of push me like you know down 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 and, and for me to not even explore the full breadth of my gifts even you know saying oh I can't hit that note what you talking about <laughs> you better get up there you know girl reach on a little higher <laughs> you know what I mean like um but all these things like, oh I can't oh that's not I can't no you can You can, and you are enough. And if you believe it, you will, you know? So that's what I would tell her.
0: (laughs) That's beautiful. And that's a sentiment that I'm going to keep in my back pocket too. I think that that's a really fantastic way to end this episode. (laughs) Charity, this has been beyond amazing. It's so cool to get to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Like we can't tell you how much we appreciate it.
1: It's a pleasure. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Thank you. And to connect with Charity on Instagram, follow at Charity Hell Dawson, where you can keep up to date on her latest projects. Be sure to follow Theatrical Thoughts at Theatrical Thoughts Podcast on Instagram as well.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Bye.